good afternoon or good evening, depending on when you happen to be listening to this. And welcome to the podcast from St Michael's Lillishaw and St John's Muxton. This podcast is for the weekend of the 21st of June. My name is Matthew and uh, it's my pleasure to lead you through this next half an hour. I hope that as you join us that you will sense the presence of the Holy Spirit through the way we worship, through the listening to God's word and through praying. So let's begin with a prayer of preparation and please do say this by repeating the words after me. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Often at the beginning of a time of worship, we set before God those things which we're not proud of, which we've done wrong and which we're ashamed of. And we ask him to come and forgive us and to help us to change the way we live so that we don't repeat these mistakes. The Spirit of the Lord fills the world and knows our every word and deed. Let us then open ourselves to the Lord and confess our sins in penitence and faith. And once again, please do repeat the words of this prayer of confession after me. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour, in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life. To the glory of your name. Amen. And so may Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon us, pardon and deliver us from all our sins, confirm and strengthen us in all goodness, and keep us in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Those of you who have been listening to the podcast regularly will know that we've been following a series which a number of churches in Telford are following at the moment called Do You Know Him? This is the final one in the series and the title is Jesus the Choice. And I'm going to speak on this subject and I'm going to begin by introducing a film clip which probably shows my age but I enjoy watching the sitcom Frasier. So let's have a listen to a very short clip. What color is the new carpet? Going up a shade. 
to harvest wheat. I thought the next shade up was buff. It used to be, but they've discovered a whole new color in between. So now it's tofu, putty, oatmeal, almond, harvest wheat, and buff. That's going to be hard to get used to. This week, I finally decided to decorate a very small area of our house, which has not been painted for many years. Rather than buy any new paint, I thought that I would use up the remains of some paint that I've had sitting around in the garage for a while. I thought this might make the choice of colour easier. But no. Was it to be natural hessian, soft peach, sun-baked terracotta, Egyptian cotton, plain white lilac rose or wild primrose all this paint needed using up which was it to be we think of choice in today's consumer society as a good thing and it certainly can be on the other hand it can also be a burden as we try to negotiate the supermarket aisles laden with bewildering choices of crisps or washing liquid we're forced to choose or select between alternatives and a range of options for products which do similar things. Today's title for the last in our Do You Know Him series is Jesus, the Choice. What does this mean? Is Jesus offering us something which is one of a range of alternatives? Is he offering us something that will do the same as what other religions or philosophies are doing? I rather think that many people have this point of view. They think that those who choose to be Christians are selecting from a range of alternatives, alternative religions. And indeed the comparative aspect to religious education in schools, which insists on giving all faiths a level playing field, and rightly so, might lead us to think in this way. That we can choose to be a Christian or a Muslim or a Hindu. Yes, obviously that choice is influenced by our upbringing and our culture but that all these religions do the same thing. But this is not the choice that we're considering today. The choice which the Bible lays before us, and which Jesus came to make clear, is not at all like this. It is not a selection from a range of alternatives which lead us to the same outcome. The sense of the word choose or choice in this case is very different. So let's hear a bit about that choice now in a reading from Deuteronomy. The reading is from Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 11 to 20. The offer of life or death. Now what I am commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. It is not up in heaven, so that you have to ask, who will ascend into heaven to get it and proclaim it to us, so we may obey it? Nor is it beyond the sea, so that you have to ask, Who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim it to us, so we may obey it? No, the word is very near to you. It is in your mouth and in your heart, so you may obey it. See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, and to keep his commands, decrees and laws. 
Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away, and you are not obedient, and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life, and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give your fathers, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Why, you may well ask, are we looking in the Old Testament when we are talking about Jesus? Surely we should just be looking at the New Testament. However, the more we read the Bible, the more we discover that Jesus, the eternal Son of God, is all over the Old Testament as well as the New. The Old Testament, or the first section of the Bible, comes to life in a new way when read in the context of Jesus. And this is especially the case in this passage. We hear here how Moses was speaking to God's chosen people just before they entered the land which God had promised to give them. In the previous section, he had encouraged them to live by the commands God had given them. And then we read that he tells them that this is not too difficult. The commands or laws aren't up in heaven or beyond the sea. And he says, no, the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so that you may obey it. And although Moses is speaking of God's law, we can easily see a prophetic reference to the future and the presence of Jesus living in us by the Holy Spirit, Jesus who was called the Word at the beginning of John's Gospel. Set before God's people as they enter this new life and land are life, prosperity, blessings, death, destruction and curses. And they are invited to choose life. This is not one of a series or even just two alternatives that they are being asked to select from to have, which will have the same outcome. It is an encouragement to choose or to seize hold of life by choosing to live in loving relationship with God. If they choose this, if they seize hold of this life, then there will be blessing and long life in the land for them. If they don't choose this, if they allow this choice to slip through their grasp, there will be curses and a short stay in God's promised land. John Monsell, who wrote the hymn Fight the Good Fight, puts it very succinctly, using the words, Lay hold on life, and it shall be your joy and crown eternally. Choice in this context isn't selecting from one of a number of alternatives. It means lay hold of the life God has offered. Don't miss the opportunity. Don't grasp it half-heartedly. Don't try it out for a while and give up. Don't let it slip from your grasp. 
Jesus himself told an illustrative story which beautifully described this choice. He spoke about a life-giving relationship with God as being like a seed which is sown. It is thrown out and falls on all sorts of terrain. The fate of each grain of seed depends on the type of terrain it lands on. It only produces fruit and life if the soil into which it falls is receptive. Seed that falls on tarmac or rocky ground or weed-infested soil won't grow. Only seed that falls on fertile, receptive and uncluttered ground will grow properly. The message of the story is that to receive the full and lasting life that God has offered us, we need to choose to be receptive to him and to nurture a lifelong love of him. It's not a short-term affair or one where other things can take first place. Ignoring him also leads to the same end. There is no lasting life. So how do we develop a lifelong love for God? The way we do this is to get to know personally, through the work of the Holy Spirit in us, Jesus himself. We can do this by reading the Bible and studying about him, discussing uh, passages that we read with others, and asking God to show us what they mean, and to make this a priority in our lives, and then to live as Jesus asks us to. It doesn't just happen. We don't get this just by having Christian parents or by being a churchgoer or by being christened. We need to make a choice, a decision and commitment to love, follow and know Jesus personally for ourselves and to live as one of his worldwide family of followers. We're going to hear now about one of the first people in history to make that decision. The reading is taken from Acts chapter 8 verses 26 to 40. Philip and the Ethiopian. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandake, which means Queen of Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of the Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, Go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I? he said unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of the scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation he was deprived of justice, who can speak of his descendants, for his life was taken from the earth? The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture 
and told him the good news about Jesus. As they travelled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptised? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptised him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and travelled about, preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. This Ethiopian eunuch we read about was religious. He worshipped and studied God's word. But he didn't know what it was all about. He didn't understand it. However, he was searching for understanding. He hadn't given up. He knew that there was something powerful in the worship and religion he had experienced. What he needed was someone to lead him to know Jesus. And this is what the Apostle Philip did. Philip told the eunuch the good news about Jesus. And the eunuch decided there and then that he wanted to follow Jesus and so was baptised. He did something to demonstrate his decision. And this is the personal relationship we can have with God by acknowledging our need of Jesus and in baptism experiences, experiencing his forgiveness and his new life, knowing him for ourselves. So I ask you, do you understand that Jesus wants this wholehearted relationship with you, just like those first disciples and the Ethiopian eunuch? I can't allow this series to finish without asking the question again, do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus for yourself? John Wimber, the founder of the Vineyard Movement and a huge influence on the church in the United States and the United Kingdom, once said that every follower of Jesus needs three conversions. We need to be converted to Jesus. We need to be converted to his church. And we need to be converted to his cause. What he was saying is that we don't fully throw in our lot with Jesus if we don't fully throw in our lot with his people, the church, and if we don't fully throw in our lot with his cause or his way of living, then we don't really know him. We don't really understand what he was about. So what about us? Have we been converted to just one or even two of these things? Do we want church without Jesus, the community without knowing the salvation of Jesus? Or do we want just his salvation without referring to anybody else, without his church or without changing our lifestyle? If we just want these things, then we don't know Jesus fully for ourselves and we also don't know what we're missing. So have you made a decision to say yes to salvation through Jesus? Have you made a choice to say yes to God's people? 
Have you made a decision to join his cause and live for Jesus? Have you chosen to take full hold of the life Jesus offers you? I'll leave a moment for us to ponder this. And as we do, may we know that God is gracious and understands us where we are in life and our intent, what is in our hearts. And Eddie loves to hear us express it to him. And at the end of the silence, I'm going to say a prayer. And please do repeat it after me, if you wish to. Lord Jesus, I do love you, and yet I know my love for you can be weak and faint. I'm sorry for the times I let you down. Please give me the desire and strength to know and love you better, to live as one of your people and in a way that pleases you. Amen. As this talk has been the last in the series, I'm going to finish with some words from Chris Densham, who's Mission Enabler for Telford Christians Together and who has coordinated the Do You Know Him material and series. Thank you so much for taking part in hashtag Do You Know Him Telford. I trust that you found it helpful as you continue to journey with Jesus. And I want to thank everybody who's been involved in pulling this together. Those who uh, met very early on to produce the sermon outlines and the sermon notes, the small group notes, the youth and the children's material. Those who have helped produce the images that we've used, helped with the Facebook group and putting the podcast out and a whole host of other things that have made this possible. But thank you most of all to you, the church across Telford and Rekin, for the ways in which you've engaged with this material and made it your own. Uh, 51 churches have taken part in this, which has been absolutely wonderful and so encouraging. Let's face it, it's a very simple invitation, isn't it? It started with the first ever disciples and it continues with us. Jesus says, come, follow me. A kind of Victorian superstar of the church, Charles Haddon Spurgeon. It was the same for him as well. He tells the story of how he found his way to a church. Uh, and, and as he described it, a preacher who couldn't really preach, but just kept repeating his text, which was, look to me and be saved. And Spurgeon said, I've been looking to Jesus ever since. Come, follow me. I really trust that hashtag do you know him, Telford, won't simply be another 10-week programme that we kind of tick off. But it will play a vital role as we emerge from the pandemic. Life will never be the same again. And as we recover and rebuild, surely we need to focus and follow Jesus like we've never done before. We need to rebuild around that ancient practice of discipleship, following and becoming like Jesus doing the things that he did. So what has challenged you most about Jesus? How will you continue to follow this Jesus? How will you grow in your knowing and following of him? On our Facebook group, I'll be posting a very simple survey. I'd really appreciate your responses to that so that uh, those can shape what we plan next. Uh, if you're not a Facebook person, that's great. That's fine. We'd, uh, you, you can still send your responses in and your thoughts 
uh, via our face, uh, our um, webpage, uh, TelfordChristiansTogether.co.uk. But as we continue to follow Jesus, as we continue to journey with him, I'll leave you with Jesus' final words uh, and uh, Dallas Willard's interpretation, if you like, of the Great Commission. Jesus says, I've been given say over all things on earth and in heaven. As you go, therefore, make disciples of all kinds of people. Submerge them in Trinitarian presence and show them how to do everything that I commanded you. And now look, I am with you every minute until this job is done. And please, once again, do repeat these words after me. So let us affirm our faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Though he was divine, he did not cling to equality with God, but made himself nothing. Taking the form of a slave, he was born in human likeness. He humbled himself and was obedient to death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God has raised him on high and given him the name above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every voice proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. Amen. And now we turn to prayer. And our prayers begin with the collect for this weekend, which is the third Sunday after Trinity. God our Saviour, look on this wounded world in pity and in power. Hold us fast to your promises of peace, won for us by your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. This week we focus on praying for our young people, Lord of all grace and power. We ask you to send your blessing on the young people of our church and parishes. May they enjoy to the full the good things you have prepared for them and learn to use them rightly and unselfishly, thinking of others as well as themselves. Give them wisdom in their studies Guide their lives according to your will and strengthen them for the work to which you are calling them. We ask this in the name of Jesus, our Saviour. Amen. And as we pray for young people, we pray for those that lead them. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all those who guide our young people. We pray that they would build them up and wherever possible, 
lead them into a life of faith and love. We give thanks for the restarting of I Youth Cafe Sub Zero and Sub Extra, and for all those who give up their time to support young people on Friday evenings. Would you equip the leaders with every grace for all the demands made on them, that they may serve with humility and love, with perseverance? And Lord, I pray that you will call others to this work. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And this weekend is it's Father's Day, so we pray, we give thanks, God, for the fathers in our lives. We thank you that you are the perfect father, but we remember with thanks our own fathers. Help those who are fathers among us to have patience, wisdom, strength and love. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Next, a moment of quiet, and please use this to bring your prayers for those you know who are struggling, who are sick and who especially need a touch of God's grace. And we pray for healing, comfort, wholeness and peace for all those whom we've remembered. And finally we conclude our prayers with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Can I remind you to pray for Vicky Day, who will be ordained deacon next Saturday evening and has moved here as our curate. As we finish, let's hear God's blessing pronounced over us. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. May the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among us and remain with us always. Amen.